Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the sermon half. The sermon was given by Deacon Ross Murray on Sunday, August 19th, 2018, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. You can find the readings for this week in the podcast description. Do our scripture passages this morning make you at all hungry? And maybe are you a foodie? Maybe you are sitting here in church listening to me, but what you're really thinking about is where you're going to go eat brunch after this, or maybe what you're going to cook dinner tonight. I knew a woman that I think I would describe as a foodie. We would go out to a restaurant, and she would read the menu like it, um, with this excitement, and she would be reading out loud the ingredients that were in the dishes, and then she would like exclaim out loud, oh, fennel, like it was a twist in a crime novel or something like that. Or maybe you're someone who thinks about food in a really different way, by noticing who has it and who doesn't. Maybe you're a part of one of the food ministries here at Advent, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Or maybe you're someone who is worrying and wondering whether you're going to get enough nutrition to stay healthy for you or for your family. If you've been in church recently, you've heard we've had over a month of food-related passages in our lectionary, and frankly, it's making me a little hungry. Food sustains life, and we eat in order that we may live. And it is possible to subsist on the most basic of nutrients and calories. The Israelites did it in Exodus, and millions of people do it around the world every day. But food is so much more than mere subsistence. Food is something that binds us together. It actually defines our diverse cultures. Our foods and our dishes are things that are kind of unique sometimes to where we grew up and the people we identify with. Those tastes and those textures define who we are as the people. And they make us different than the people that eat food that is somehow, um, that is different than what we're used to. Families gather together around a table uh, for a meal, if not every day, at least on special occasions like holidays or birthdays or celebrations. Friends will potluck their dishes in order to create a feast. And even people that are living in the midst of poverty know that food can be used as a celebration. And in Proverbs, we hear about wisdom. Now, wisdom in Proverbs is not knowledge or learning or information to share. Wisdom is a woman, a woman who has built a house and is throwing a huge party. And she is offering an invitation for all of us. Eat, drink, lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. Imagine that. Wisdom isn't drudgery. It's not toil and suffering. Wisdom is a party promoter who is offering us a feast of eating and drinking to abundance to celebrate our lives in God. Now, of course, Ephesians is a little different, a little more moderate, a little more stern. It includes a line of, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What is that? What is it, why is Ephesians trying to kill our vibe? Wisdom made us wine, and then Ephesians doesn't want us to drink it. What's going on with that? So one reality is that while food is a staple of life, as a definer of who we are as a people, as a means of celebration, food has also been used as a weapon of oppression. Not everyone has access to the food that they need to live and sustain life, much less live in abundance. 
According to the Department of Agriculture, in the United States, one in six people face hunger, and 49 million Americans struggle to put food on the table. And many Americans, and even people in this city, live in what we'd call food deserts. These are parts of the country or parts of the city where they don't have access to fresh fruit, vegetables, other healthy foods. The choices they get tend to be packaged and processed, not really nutritious and filled with empty calories. They don't have access to quality grocery stores, farmers markets, healthy food providers, but, um, but often get stuff that's been shipped in and have a long shelf life. But at the same time, over a third of our population is considered obese, putting them at risk for health problems like diabetes and heart conditions. Our culture encourages empty consumption. Eat as much as you can. Food gets created in laboratories. It's flavored by chemicals. It's puffed up with sugar and, and created in a way that's designed to bypass our body's natural mechanisms for being hungry and full and stop eating. And quite frankly, when you step back from it, a lot of this food that I'm talking about really doesn't taste that good. Now, I love food, but I don't think of myself as a foodie. I'm not even a really good cook. I just like thinking about where our food comes from and what purpose it's serving. And I try to think about that with the food I'm putting in my own body, as well as how easily other people can access it. People here have probably heard me talk about this before, but Richard and I are a part of a farm share that we're participating through a community-supported agriculture. We pay something like a subscription to a farm upstate that delivers fresh produce weekly to a distribution point. It's a school up by our apartment. And around 100 people will show up to pick the farm fresh produce. The money that we spend goes to a local farm. It keeps that money in the local economy. The fuel costs and the travel costs are much less because the food is being trucked in rather than being flown in from around the country or even other countries. The food is organic. It's healthy. It's not that much more expensive than a regular grocery store and certainly less expensive than a lot of health food stores that we see. And best of all, it tastes really, really good. The farm share also requires us to volunteer at the distribution center, which we just did this week. We set out crates of vegetables, we kept the area clean, and then we just visit with the other people that are coming to pick up their food. People would show up with tote bags, and this week they got green beans, garlic, eggplant, lettuce, and salad mix, two different kinds of tomatoes, four different kinds of peppers, a cantaloupe, and a bunch of more things. What's really amazing is watching the range of people that are part of this food community. It's kind of like the party I imagine wisdom throwing in Proverbs, except we didn't have wine. People visit, they greet one another, they're laughing, they express excitement about something that's new and fresh and seasonal, they're sharing recipes, and sometimes they're even trading their veggies with one another so they can get more of one thing and give up the thing that they're less excited about. And when it's over, a local community outreach program takes the rest of our food and then distributes it to families in need so they can get that farm fresh, healthy, organic produce. Our, our community supported agriculture is a celebration of food. And it's done in a way that's not um, consumption based. People take just enough. They share, they learn, they grow in wisdom. No one's hoarding all of this. And I think Jesus' message in the gospel holds this tension 
between Proverbs and Ephesians. Through this whole passage, Jesus says in different ways, I am the bread of life, and he talks about eating his own flesh and drinking his blood, and people struggle to understand what that means. The people who heard him argued about what does it mean. Over history, Martin Luther clashed with some of the other reformers about what the significance of Holy Communion is and how real is Jesus' presence in the Holy Communion or how symbolic is it. That's why we have so many different mainline Protestant denominations, quite frankly. And we continue to struggle with it today. Eating flesh and drinking blood doesn't make a lot of logical sense. We call that cannibalism here. And we talk about it in these gross crime stories. But to help us think through this, let's step back. This whole theme of Jesus as bread that we've been hearing for the past several weeks starts with Jesus feeding a crowd of 5,000 people. Jesus encounters a hungry crowd and he meets their bodily needs and fills a hunger that is real. But Jesus is not just there to keep them, the crowd, satiated and fat and happy. Jesus also feeds them and us spiritually. Jesus understands that ministries take, the ministry takes care of people in mind, body, and spirit. And so when Jesus blesses the bread and distributes the food, everyone hears the blessing and everyone partakes in the meal, which is not unlike what is going to happen here at this altar in just a few minutes from now. In our churches, we preach, we teach, we sing, we feed people, we care for the least of these. I like to say that someone who is hungry can't hear a message of good news. Neither can someone who's drunk on wine or food or any other means of overconsumption. And we work as a church to find a balance between those things here at Advent. That's why we have worship and Bible study and music and arts and fellowship and food ministries and community outreach and advocacy. For those of you that aren't familiar, as part of our food advocacy, Advent puts together 150 bags of groceries, and they give them away to anyone who asks. We don't ask for ID, we don't ask for proof of low income, we don't make them sit through a Bible study, and people can use the food however they want. They can take their groceries home and cook an extravagant meal for themselves that night. They can take the groceries and stretch them out to last for the week so that it can offset the expenses for something else. They can share it with a neighbor. And we do all of this knowing that we are simply helping people in whatever situation that they are in. And we also know that knowing that eventually the food will run out. We make 150 bags. I pulled that from Advent's website. And sometimes the line is more than 150 long. And you'll hear later in the announcements, we're going to try to go much, much bigger to to pack 240 food packages, 2,400, 2,000, 24,000, that's even bigger, more zeros, 24,000. But we also know that no matter how many of those we give away, for the people to take them home, that food is going to run out. And people will be likely to have to return back to us or somewhere else the next month to help make ends meet. Another food ministry that we do here at Advent is host a luncheon, a banquet, so that people who struggle to get by can be a guest and be treated with respect and a part of the community. We are feeding people's bellies, but we also are trying to help fill loneliness for the people involved. Our community lunch reminds people that they are loved and valued and a dignified member of the community. 
And some people will bring their plastic containers so they can make that lunch last a little bit longer. And some people will linger um, talking with friends for 20, 30, 40 minutes, drinking coffee afterward, because that's the connection, the community they need. And again, the food will digest and the stomachs will get hungry again, but the community and the love that is shared is invaluable and enduring. And these are just a couple ways that our church can meet the bodily needs of the community around us. But we are realistic, right? Our actions, even those 24,000 food packages, aren't going to solve systemic issues of hunger or poverty. And further, we also know that our lunches and our grocery bags aren't salvation in and of themselves, because salvation only comes through Jesus' death and resurrection. Food will run out, but we are fed and sustained by Jesus and the giving of his life, body, and blood. And that's not something that we have to give to people. It is something that we all experience together. Our churches can be huge, filled with beautiful music, beautiful art, and beautiful people. But none of these things by themselves are the ministry of the church. Our ministry is a balance of ensuring that people can live safely and sustainably in this world, while always pointing to the reality that this world is not all there is and that Jesus is hosting a celebration of life, not unlike the celebration that wisdom from Proverbs is hosting. Jesus gives us life, and because of that, we can help others to live fully alive, feeding them in body and soul, giving them a meal or a bag of groceries, singing together in worship, preaching the gospel so that all may know the good news of Christ, and of course, advocating for faithful food justice out in our wider culture and community so people can feed themselves and be less reliant on ministries like ours. And sometimes that also includes being the recipients of ministry, being ministered to by those people that we believe have nothing to give. Remember, Jesus just didn't just give us salvation and call us to preach the gospel and share in the breaking of the bread. Jesus came for everyone. And Jesus reminded that to the crowds that listened to him. Food is not simply for our consumption. Food is an ongoing part of God's creation growing all around us. Food is a part of Jesus' plan for redemption, offering his very self as a sustaining meal. And food is a way that we continue to hear and to preach the good news of God to, and Christ to the neighbor. And for that, we can say, thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.